Hemshechayim Beis, Volume One. We concluded Discourse Twenty One, Chapter Eighty Two, and we're moving on now to Discourse Twenty Two. B'yem Hashmin Atzeres, Chapter Eighty Three, Page One Fifty Eight. Friedrich Rebbe says in his short summary of the beginning of the Maimah that this is, talks about Sfira Misper. So the Gao is going to begin a long discussion about Sfiris. That's going to go all the way to uh, chapter 124, where he's going to get back to the issue that he begins here in chapter 83. So we're talking about 24 and uh, 17, 34, 41 chapters. That begins the whole discussion on spheres. But to understand how he enters into this, let's go back to the flow. In chapter 80, began a question. After explaining how transcendence is fundamentally different than immanence, how Sevev Kalam, Makif, Eagle, is fundamentally different than Primius, Mamala Kalam, and immanence and structure, and explaining as well that transcendence impacts imminence, which explains the difference between the different types of makifim. You have different levels of makifim. You have the makif of the eagle hagodl, the great sphere before the tzimtzum. You have the makif, the imminent, the transcendent energy of ak, adam kadman, tihir tata, the lower purity after the tzimtzum. And you have the kesser of each world, kesser of atzilus, the crown and desire of atzilus, the crown of bria, yitzira, asiyim. And he explained how each one of them impacts the imminent structure of existence in its own particular way. But at the end of the day, as he concluded in chapter 79, they are fundamentally a different track. All the ksarim, all the crowns, evolve from one another. It's a different track. So it has its own and retains its essential personality of being transcendent in nature. Though it manifests in different ways. Whereas an imminence, imminence is defined by structure. And structure means that one thing is distinct from another. That's the whole point of a malakulam. That's the whole point of existence is that there be structure and one thing does not become another. You don't have a, a doimim, mineral, morphing into vegetable, tzemeach. You don't have vegetable morphing into animal. You don't have animal morphing into uh, humans. They're distinct and they will always remain distinct. In their own world, they could each evolve and grow to great heights. But one is distinct from another. The same thing at Silas, Briyatsirasiya, or in spheres, Chachma, Bina, Das, and so on. Each is distinct in its own way. Bina will never become Chachma. So, though it has an element of being diminished, but it's not qualitatively that same level. So, that's a distinction between these two levels. And that's why he said, for example, the wisdom of Asiya, like embroidery, or, art, or being an artist. It's a completely different quality than the wisdom of Atzillus, which is the etzim kayach of pure ideas. Whereas in Kesar, we're in desire, as we spoke about, like the, the head of departments, they are generally all of them. No matter what level they partake, they don't, they're not participants and they're not um, immersed in the structure. They affect the structure, and that's why. There's makiv shayach in each one affects 
its imminent level. The Kesher of Atzilus affects Atzilus and all the different explanations he gave how it impacts. But it's an impact that doesn't really change, like he said earlier about desire, does not really change the personality of the Kesher. And therefore all the Kesherim are connected to one another. And one can evolve and morph into another. So Kesher of, of, of Asiyah is, can become Kesher of Atzilus. Whereas, whereas Chochmah Vasiyah cannot become Chochmah Vatsilus. But then he asks in chapter 80, and we have to, however, understand this is all fine. But then we have a statement in Eitzchayim that there's ten spheres in Igulim. So we're not just talking about the general levels of Makiv. We there, you could argue and explain, as he does, how they remain apart, yet they impact. Now you're saying there's spheres. And we said spheres, the whole idea of spheres is pure structure. Spheres is not outside, that's what spheres are. Ten spheres, not eleven, not, not nine. That is the structure. That is seemingly the domain, dominion of imminence. How do we suddenly say there's ten spheres in the Gulam? It would be like saying there's structure within beyond structure. So to say that there's a Kesar for each world... That, fine, each world, because, because you need to have transcendent forces that impact existence. And each level of existence needs a different type of impact. But they remain apart. Now we're saying their actual structure in the ten. Suddenly we're saying that there are ten spheres in the Igul. So the initial explanation is that these differences, in other words, the eagle of Chochmah, the eagle of Bina, is not like the Primi of Chochmah, the Primi of Bina. The only difference in, in uh, by the makiv, the makiv, the igulim is quantity. It's only how much they, how much is revealed. And quantity does not define structure. What defines and determines structure is quality. Even in the imminent level, what really distinguishes one level from the next, atzilus from bria, from chachma from bina, is its qualitative difference. They're fundamentally two different entities. Like I said before about the mineral, vegetable, and so on. The sun is not the moon. Heaven is not earth. Each component in existence is apart and separate from another. They work together. But their point of structure is that they do not have uh, uh, what's called amorphous boundaries. They have very clear parameters. That's what defines structure. The quantity is not what defines it. And therefore the quantity also in Makif, the fact that the, the makif of, of, of Chochmah is different than the makif of Bina, does not determine structure, does not make it that there's this, does say there's this chalkus in Rotson or in Kesar or in Desire. And then he adds, furthermore, that even the distinction of quantity, the diminishment or the abundance of energy, which definitely exists, there is less energy in Bria, in Bria than it is in Atzilis, less energy in Bina than Chochmah, that has much more impact in the imminent level than on the transcendent level. Because the imminent level is defined by, by its being, by its state of being. If it's a student, it's a student. The fact that it could evolve quantitatively and grow to the point of, of its source is not what defines structure. The structure is what is it right now, not what it will become. Transcendence is not defined by what it is, but the transcendence is defined by... The divine desire, defined by the big picture, defined by the plan, by the strategy. So in, in Pnimi, what's relevant is Gilui. See, even quantity 
diminishes the energy and it's a form of chlishus. It's weaker in a lower state. Whereas in Makif, in Megulim, he says, it doesn't get weaker. It, it's, it's expressing itself in a diminished state, but its quality remains with the same intensity, whatever level. So that's the difference between the eagle of Chachmah and the sphere of Chachmah. The imminent Chachmah is, Bina, Bina is a diminished state, and therefore Bina is, even on a quantity level, is right now Bina, not Chachmah. Whereas in the Makif level, there's something that's retained, that the eagle of Chachmah, the eagle of Bina, have a certain similarity to them. Because in Makif, the focus is on the source, not on the expression. And as such, the intensity is the same. To give an example for this, or to understand an example, he brings another manifestation, impact, of transcendence on our lives, on existence. And that is called Tmimus. So chapter 82, Tmimus, sincerity. Tmimus... I'm not interested in translation, it's just in the understanding of the meaning of the word. Trust me, there's probably three, four translations in different uh, translators. Uh, so sincerity is the word I would use because it's the one that's, I think, most consistent. I mean, all the words we use, sincerity, integrity is also a very good word. Um, so he expresses Tmimus is connected to Save of Kalam. Tanimimus is an expression of the transcendent force. Because Mamala Kalaman, the world of Mamala Kalaman, which is the world of structure, is subject to change. We're not, not, we're not talking about the fact that each one is rigidly in its own parameters. It's subject to change. Everything is changing all the time. That's what existence is about. It changes. And that type of unwavering commitment and conviction or sincerity is in the domain of Atzmi. So in Hispastus, which is essentially, Hispastus is usually an expression of, of imminent energy. Atzmi, as he says, Shayyid Gantz, and does not shift, and does not waver, doesn't fluctuate, that's Tzmimus. And the expression, Be'etzem Nekudus Arotzen Shalomayla Vedas. This is the essential point of a desire that is super rational. If it's subject to rational, rational changes. You have different arguments. Things change. You could say, you know, the situation changed, therefore I changed my position, which is fine. In the world of rational, it should be that way. You don't want to be obstinate. If someone says, I have a position, and someone says, well, you know, the, the reasons that you came to this position changed. So, so to speak. The reasons change. You change your conclusion. But when it comes to a super rational conviction, which he calls Tmimus, sincerity, which obviously has a lot of parallels to what he spoke earlier about Rusa Daliba and other f- forces. It's not clear here whether Tmimus is coming, which level of Makif is creating Tmimus. I would say all of them do, because he says clearly that it's going to affect all levels of the whole came, the whole structure of a human being. But the bottom line is, now you're talking about a qualitative force within us. And this qualitative force is that, that type of conviction. That's not dependent on, on factors. And he begins to explain that it means that you do not depend on people's, other people's calculations or your own calculations and schemes and machinations, but you know that it's God that is, blesses us and runs our lives. However, you need to make a keli. 
He says two different ways. Either you need to make a container or something, or some situations you don't even have to make a keli, or minimal keli. But even then, you're not worshipping the, the messenger. You worship the, the, I'm sorry, you're not worshipping the, the messenger, you're worshipping the source of the message. Not the waiter, not the one who's delivering it to you, but the one where it comes from. So the container is part of the way God wants us to do it. But who bichas Hashem hitashe? The blessing of God is what is what makes a person prosperous and wealthy. And that's the source of parnasa. And this is tev lachzes b'ashem mipteir ba'adam. Better to rely on God than to trust a human being. What's Adam? Because here it clearly means there is something about trusting humans. So he says, Adam is Adam Elyon, that's Mamalakalam. That's like trusting nature. Nature is also created by God. Nature has a system. But the truth is, because the real is, you have to lachsis, you have to rely and trust on Sevukalam. That which is beyond existence. And he explains the difference between This is from the Samach Tzedek, who brings it from the Alter Rebbe. And so Tzedek uses this explanation that what you're trusting is something beyond nature, something that is beyond... It's like when we say, It says, Zroim, say the Zroim. So he says, So what does Amuna have to do with planting? The last thing, Amuna is things that are not natural. But the Gemara says, Tesfus brings that when you that that he believes in God, and then plants a seed. So even while he's doing nature, he realizes that it's not nature that's doing it; it's God that's using nature as a tool. So it's the reliance on the thing that's above. Now the difference in practical is that when you rely on nature, or rely on human beings, or you rely on anyone or anything that's rational, rational changes, as you said. Seichel will, will compel you to try this, try that, and change things and so on. But the Indian of Tamim, which is higher than Tzadik, Tzadik is Mamal Klam, and Tamim, is that you rely on something that's unwavering. Okay. Once he explained now this idea of sincerity, or wholesomeness, or whole, it doesn't matter what the word is, the point is this type of absolute conviction which, as he said, it's not coming from an obstinate place. It's coming because you have that bitl. You're committed to something that's greater. You know there's a force that's greater than all of us. And that's what defines everything. He says that is not just some general force in our lives. It actually affects tzir kol tzir kema. It impacts the entire structure of a human being. And he defines the structure in three ways. Moyach, lev, and maisa. You could say it's like bri, tzir, and asiya. Which can also be breathed here in Atsilus. So here now we're gonna now is already talking now the impact now Veda how transcendence and igulim manifest in Ribuyamit. Here's a Ribuyamit. Because Moyach Lev and action, mind, heart and action are not the same thing. Clearly you're talking about three distinct levels. But you're not talking about the imminent energy that drives what gives the power that a mind should be a mind and a heart a heart and action action. You're talking about the transcendent force that causes tmimus in each one of them. And this is qualitatively the same. And he explains, tmimus b'mayach is that conviction and knowing you always think positively. Basically optimism. That's, that's tmimus b'mayach. 
and doesn't even have a consideration of a negative thought. Which, of course, one of the postulates from this is that you also do not uh, complain. You don't complain. Complaints come from a place where you are like something, you know, like, meaning I want to change things or could change. When you have that type of conviction that everything is good and committed and had that trust in Hashem, it creates an element of no complaining. You do what you can, and then you move on. Then there's Tmimus Belev. He calls us Erenskeit. That's also an expression from Derech Chaim. This chapter in general, by the way, 83, 82, combination of Derech Chaim, which Chassidim would learn during Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur time, and Erech Teir Sheftim Antom Tim Hashem Alekacha. So the Erenskeit, he actually uses that word. Erenskeit in English, in Yiddish, means serious. But here Erenskeit means, you're talking about a real person. That's what he means. Like he says, you could trust. He says in the Yiddish expression, he says, uh, it's a beautiful uh, little parenthesis. art, what is it? Where is it? Gans and Ernst. What is art? Art and what is art? Not art. Not. It means you, you, what you see is what you get. Person tells you something, you rely on it. Now we know in our world how easy, how many people can you rely on like this? People say a lot of things. And very often it's echad bepad. They're not even sincere while they're saying it. But then there are people even sincere while they say it, but then they don't stick to it. You can't rely on that it's going to stay that way. A person that's edenst, see, edenst is not, doesn't mean serious here like he's serious sincerity. and never never smiles. Huh? Sincerity. Sincerity, exactly. Sincerity, integrity. You know, there are people that are just that way. You know, through and through. So here the point is, integrity and sincerity is not something that you can dissect. You can't, it's like a... What, what, what's the expression? Just like say etzem shetevis bekul mikzase tetevis bekule. And etzem, you take part of it, you get all of it. What's that? Like malikot lekula, malikot lepolga. When it comes to life, you can't say a person is half alive. No such thing as half alive. Either you're alive, you're not alive. There are things that are half and quarters and so on that are measured. That's quantity. The word quantity makes a difference, and it's fine there. But there are things. Sincerity. Someone will say, you know what? I was ninety percent sincere. What does that mean? Then you're not sincere at all. Don't just think it's 90%. 90% of what I told you was true. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I would say 90% of what I told you is true. What does that tell you? <laughs> what does that mean? It's not like, oh, 90%, I can trust you in the 10. The, for number one is how do I know where that 10% is? Number two, the whole thing is it's compromised. It's MS, exactly. That's what he says. MS is Reshtech safe. It's true. Aleph is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Tof is the last. And Mem is the middle. By the way, in Eda Teda, the Lushan is not Rosha Tevis. He just says Emes. He just says it's the Indian of Resh Tehsev. But, anyway, so the bottom line is that we're talking about Tmimus, Emes, this Midas Emes, this, this element of, of sincerity. It doesn't, sincerity is through and through. So what is sincerity in, in emotions, in love? He says, Teche Kibare. Like I just said, what bothers him bothers him, what bothers him doesn't bother him. And you know you can rely, it's unwavering. It's not going to shift based on other people's opinions or based on who the last person he spoke to. Okay. La Yishuna. Because that's Etzim Rekudus And then there's Tumim Bamaisev. Tumim Bamaisev. What's that? That in action, no matter where he is, and no matter what time it is, he's always consistent. Like there are people you'll see when they go certain places, they behave one way. Another place, another way. Shlomo Kun, every time he's on a plane, he's putting on film with people, for example. So in this aspect, it's like a... But if it's coming, Tomim B'Maisov, so 
So in action there's this type of unwavering commitment and nothing can stop it. And this is not because of takev. This is not because the person is a very intense person or just very committed or obstinate or you know just you can say overbearing. He's just he's relentless. No, the relentless comes because of bitl. Not the bitl comes because of relentless. Not because he's a relentless person. It's because his tzimimus comes from bitl, and the bitl therefore doesn't let anything impact him. When you hear the stories of the Friedrich Rebbe, you hear the stories of Chassidim, of people, nothing changed. Nothing could change him. Not terror, not torture, nothing. And then he adds even further, in the Tomim B'maisav, in a person's actions is the real litmus test of true sincerity. In the mind and the heart, not as much. That's where you see emes. If Aleph Mem Tov, if it's true in the beginning and in the middle, but not at the end, and when it comes to the bottom line, are you signing the contract? Are you signing? Are you in? In action? It puts the whole thing into question. That's the ultimate place. And that's Oz Itom, right? Oz Esom. Aleph Tom. Because the root of this Tmimus in Berotzen. That the Aleph, that the root of the Tmimus is in Rotzen Lamal Matam Vadas. So the Tam is rooted in Aleph. That's the Prashat. Built in eight the Klam and the Kudus of Tzimimus. But Tom Vatekov Tmimus says, and this permeates and, and, and infuses all the faculties. Right. So when you talk about this type of uh, type of qualitative intensity, here, even though there's distinctions in its expression, but its fundamental driving force is this pure sincerity that is qualitative. It's 100% through and through on all levels. And this is what he concludes in this chapter 82. He says, And that's what it means that in Ratzin, in the desire, in this case, the desire to connect and to be committed, the kind of sincerity, there's no distinctions of Ribu Yamiyot. Because even when you're doing Sumerai, even when you're just refraining from doing something negative, but coming from that sincere place, which is a diminished effort, diminished energy. You're not like investing and sitting and, and, and sweating or exerting yourself in Torah or some other hard activity. You're just refraining from something. And you don't have a spiralist and excitement and a whole revelation. It has the same intensity, same qualitative intensity, without uh, that uh, that's unwavering, just like in the most strongest expression of this sincerity. And so this concludes from this we understand that makif, that the gulim makif that we spoke about, that even though it has an alien and it has ten spheres in it which is more abundant and diminished, it's not his chalkas klal. There's no real distinction. Because the miyot has the ribuy. In imminent energy, when you're talking to a teacher and a student, so even though the student, you can say, all the wisdom is in there. So even in this olive base you're teaching the student, he has all the wisdom, and one day, when he reaches 40, however you interpret 40, he turns 40 or 40 years from when he learned it, he will reveal everything was there. The miyot will bring the ribuy. But at this point, 
You can't talk about that. Right now he has this intelligence. He doesn't have it. In a revealed way, all he has is what he has. But when it talks about the quality of sincerity, that doesn't matter. Even if it's in a diminished form, it has in it, the whole me, it has the dibuy in it, with all the takeoff, with all the intensity. In general, it's in a state of concealment. Because in general, if you think of sincerity, sincerity is not even a revealed faculty. What does sincerity look like? Wisdom, we know what it looks like. Bina. Sincerity is not a revealed faculty. It's just an underlying thing. It's almost like Keser Shemt of Elal Gabayim, where it says the three crowns, and then there's the fourth one. It doesn't say, why does it say four crowns? Because Keser Shemt of a good name doesn't have its own. It's like Malchus. When you have the other qualities, the name rises. Just giving my own example here. So sincerity, Amakiv is Helen, but when it comes, it reveals, it's everywhere equally. Like it says, Mesir Shnev has been the same to Kiddush Hashem. When a person gives his life to Kiddush Hashem, it's coming from that type of intense, intense commitment that is unwavering. So we have here an impact or a expression of transcendence, Makiv. You see how it affects the different parts of a person, Mayachlev and Maisen, mind, heart, and mind, emotions, and actions. And yet, in all of them, there's a certain 100% quality. You can't say one has less sincerity than the other. And the contrary. The lowest level with the least miyut, of, of, which is only action, has in a way, touches, reaches the root more than, than the, the middle levels. Okay. Now, he continues... On page 158, we're going to continue. The Aleph Tom is Aleph, stands for Ratzon? In this case, yeah, Aleph, the beginning, like the root. Which is Aleph as in the root. And then sincerity, Tom is And Tom is, you know, the Tmimus in all levels is rooted in Aleph. Yeah. He said it earlier when he said in chapter 149, he mentioned it briefly. Yeah, in 149, there he says, Right in the middle of the page. I think maybe did he say it a little differently here? Let me see. It's a little different here, but the same idea. There he says, The Tomim B'Maisev is rooted in the Aleph. Okay, now he continues. This discussion is hardly over. Just remember. What we have right now, just to sum up in one line, is that spheres, we've now established that there's spheres in the Gulim. Not just the Gulim surround the worlds in general, Kesar Vatsilas, but each sphere has an, has an eagle. Each eagle has a sphere. There's eagle of Chochma, Bina, and so on. But they're fundamentally different. So now we're suddenly getting into the spheres, which we've been talking about, our structure, suddenly have an element of transcendence in them. In the structure itself, there's transcendence. Or you can say in the transcendence, there's structure. Either way. So that's what's where he's going into now. And now he's going to begin a discussion in chapter 83 that's not going to conclude for 47 chapters. Yes. 83, till Kuf Chof Zion, I believe. Spheres, what spheres are. 
But, but you'll see, he's going to start now. You'll see what we, he's going to explain what spheres are to understand the difference between spheres and makif and spheres and primi. He has to explain what spheres are. So we've talked, we think we talked about spheres. Well, this is going to go till the first conclu- the conclusion of the first section of Ayan Bez. Remember, Ayan Bez began Shavuos, 1912. Tofresh Ayan Bez. It went almost week by week, with some break, breaks, very, well, you know, once one, very few, through summer of 1912, through Rosh Hashanah, which we learned, the Maimarim, through the Sukkot, we're now learning the Shemini Atzeres Maimar of 1912, which is Tafresh Ayin Gimel now already. I mean, literally 100 years ago where we are now. So think of it starting last Shavuos, goes till Vayigash. It'll conclude Vayigash, which is like deep in December, Tevis time. And that's when the Rebbe Hashab, that's going to be chapter 126. That's going to conclude, this this section we're starting now, 83, concludes us around 125, 126. And it's all about the spheres. He's going to talk about three meanings in the word sphere. What does sphere mean? And he's going to explain with that the difference between spheres in imminence and the spheres in makifim. But he's going to, you'll see now, he's going to just begin the process here and then begins the long discussion. Then there takes a break after Vayigash, takes a break till Shavuos of the next year. So basically from Tavis, 1912, well, basically December 1912, till around June 1913, around half a year. Now, the Ormai said, they're printed in another Sefer, my Sefer Mamor, but they're not part of the Hamshach. And Shavuos, he begins and continues. Now, in the, remember, in the writing, the Rebbe Rashab wrote it all in one flow. We're talking about in the delivery of it. But generally, the Rebbe Rashab would travel twice a year, winter, for health reasons, and, and the summer. But summer, some summers he's continued saying it, some summers he also cannot completely. We'll see, you know, as, as the schedules go here. I'm just laying it out here a bit. Did you specifically read the beginning of Act Shavuos again, exactly adopt the one of the start of Shavuos? It's, 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 no, Shavuos, exactly Shavuos. But it's not, it's not uncommon. Very often the Rebbe Rashab's Maimorim began Shavuos. Rosh Hashanah or Shavuos. Like Samachvav begins on Rosh Hashanah. Ayin Beis begins Shavuos. Shavuos and Rosh Hashanah are the two main beginnings. It's like the two seasons. The summer, you know, like that. He'd go for... It depends on the year. The years where every week was a... Ma- I mean, there was always Maimorim. Depends where he was. Even out of, out of the country, he said Maimorim. But Ayin Beis has its own particular structure. Like once you get to Ayin Hay, there's no break at all. He just goes week after week after week. In the second volume of Ayin Beis, there's no, there's no, there's no breaks. I mean, till the end of it, of course, when he left Lubavitch in uh, 1916. We'll discuss it. I've written up some of this. It's good to know. The history is also to know. So now let's start B'yem HaShmini HaTzeres. And this is continuing. B'yem HaShmini HaTzeres. You asked a question before whether we find examples for this. I can find plenty of examples. Remember... Let's just, if we go back to the avoid of it, and the purpose of why is he saying all of this. He's trying to teach us how we create an interface between a mortal, you can say, uh, what's the word I want to use, impermanent world, with a connection to the immortal permanent. Because you could argue that they're fundamentally not reconcilable. This world is a world of change. This is a world of death. Everything dies. Everything erodes. Nothing lasts. How can we expect eternity? Anything we call eternal. You know. The Mamorim on Shuvi Yisrael, Ad, Hashem al they talk about Ad. 
you know, forever as Ad and Vod. So that's the fundamental of it. You can call it the, the, the interface between finite and infinite. But let's talk a moment about this distinction, change and no change. They are two different opposites. So really in understanding it, imminence is the world of change, the world of nature, the world of existence. On one hand, change, but on the other hand, also rigidity. Because everything, you know, as I said, a vegetable, a stone will not become a vegetable. A vegetable is not going to become an animal. In its own world, quantitative, qualitative, quantitatively, it will grow. It could evolve to great heights. But there's a qualitative difference. So besides the fact that everything changes, there's also a rigidity that everything is in its qualitative place and does not move. So how do you introduce into such a reality something beyond? So imminence can't do it alone. So you have transcendence, that's the makifim. The transcendent energies are what introduce into the system, into the structure, things that are beyond the structure. The power of sincerity. Like someone said, like how many cynics have I met in my life? And they said, don't tell me there's such a thing as sincerity. Everybody's got a price. Give them enough price and you can get them to, 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 to buckle. To compromise. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, why are they saying that? And they're right in a way. Because why are they saying? Because they're governed by the rules of existence. And the rules of existence, that's how it works. If I can show you that your interest is to change your opinion, you'll, you'll change it. If it's in your interest to change it. Where's this thing of this obstinate, like, you know, like some anti-Semites would say, these obstinate Jews, they refuse to bow to Mordechai, to Haman. Why? What is this obstinance coming from? So clearly it's not coming from existence because existence doesn't have this rule. In, rule, in existence, everything's negotiable. Laws of nature. Isn't that maybe that, isn't that, so I was thinking about that, there's laws of nature where people say, don't believe in God, they'll say, their God is nature. Because nature doesn't change. That, isn't it in the some, some way that's like the transcendent thing that... Uh, yeah, they're, they're calling it nature. Yes, it's true. But remember, nature has other problems. Nature doesn't change, but also doesn't take you out of your, will never change your stripes either. So, so then there's also no, then say, you know, I, I was born this with my nature, and don't ask me to change my behavior. That has a downside to the other side. That, that, it, it, oh, that's the problem with nature. In other words, the bottom line is that, uh, it's not a contradiction when I'm saying change and no change. It's just a matter of how you're phrasing it. When I'm saying the rules of existence, I meant to say the rules are, you know, yeah, show me why it's in my interest, and I may change my, like I said, Groucho Marx said, I have my principles. And then he says, and if you don't like them, I have another set of principles, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, and on the other hand, nature has other problems. Nature, someone says, I was born this way. I'm a Baltaiva. What do you want me to do? I have this nature. No, but the, the point being is, the bottom line is, that the rule, that all these ideas that he spoke about transcendence impact on existence. We spoke about, remember, the, the, the bit of, for the effect of Ak on existence, the effect of Tiri Law, the, the mysterious nefesh of the body the effect of Rusa Deliba, all of it you'll see are all, in every one of those chapters, you go back, there's one commonality. It's not the natural rule. It's something outside of the way things usually work. That's the impact of transcendence. Now he's talked about it in sincerity. So the bottom line is that from all of this, what we're coming away from is to understand that he's, he's looking for, that's why it's sometimes difficult to understand this paradox of transcendence. Because we understand imminence. Tell me the structure. I understand the structure. I understand the structure can grow. You know, the rules of nature we are more accustomed to. As soon as you start talking about things like eternity or unwavering sincerity, 
a human being, I'm talking about human as mortal, not as divine, can, 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 can make the argument that that doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. So that's why it's harder to understand, but the key is that's why he's saying that this fittest in Igulim is by trying to say is that yes, that there's in this existence we can find examples of of behavior or aveda that qualitatively does not, is not subject to the changes of this world, yet it's impacting this world. That's the key. Because again, we're not talking about climbing on a mountain on Yom Kippur alone. Tamimus is not just one day a year. You're talking about it should impact your life every day. So the fact that we have a Yom Kippur, let's say, you could say, okay, we have one makif a year that reminds us of another reality. That's not enough in Judaism. Judaism, we want that in our existence. That's why you need the igul in, in, in our reality. The point is, igul, a makif, sevev, is really coming to introduce to us something outside of the conventional regular rules, and so on. Even bitl. Remember we talked about bitl. Someone will say, you know, I'll study science, mathematics, business, whatever it is. You know why? Because it makes me understand myself better. It makes me a better. It makes me more of myself. Self-actualization. So what, you, what are you really getting is a bigger yesh at the end of the day. You're a yesh, and now you're becoming a better yesh because now you're also uh, an intelligent yesh, or a perfected one, or a, a, a rich one, or an excellent one. The idea of bittel that someone will say to you, "No, we're going to learn something that's going to make you feel less ego." Someone will say, well, I'm not interested. Why would I be interested in that? Well, how does that benefit me? That's a, a normal question. Now, the truth is we know that it's the biggest benefit because then you find the real you, which is divine. But you have to shed the perceived you. My point is that makif is what introduces these elements that are, on, on the surface level, ostensibly, going to counter the general drive of the survival instinct that me, me, and nothing else but me. It's the bottom line. And it's, it's a different... Pe- pe- Basically, you can say, introduce Sevev Klaman into psychology, into physics, into anything, and you're introducing something that is new, because Freudian psychology, other psychology, is all about getting to understand more the, 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 the yesh at the end of the day. It's not introducing necessarily a completely... Sometimes it introduces another dimension of understanding, but a, a qualitative shift... That God is the yesh, and we're the ayin, that only comes from a Sevaklama perspective. Because the system can never do that. Like as I said, you ask a scientist, he can't go beyond the first ball of gas. What do you want me to do? That's all I have, is empirical evidence. What do you, why, why, would I, why would science compel me to talk about what put the first ball of gas there? That's not my reality. My reality is, show me something and I'll, and I'll take it to the farthest conclusion, what the root of it is. It doesn't go out of the system. Is it um, To some extent, not completely. Not. not, 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 not no, that yeah, th- th- fine, it's fine. But also, you see how easy it is to deny with all the empirical. You can still deny it, <laughs> whatever reasons, because it's not convenient. Or whatever the person. Now, when I say empirical, I mean God created an agnostic universe. You can deny. You know, look, we all know that the fight, so the, 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 the the instinct of survival, self-preservation, is quite powerful. And to fight that, you need some real save of calm and energy, bottom line. Take away Sinchasteri, Yom Kippur, and all these things, and we would just have this. You wouldn't have that type of force in the year. And then every day you need to have reminders of it. But let's continue on. So, I feel like the Chassid, you know, the Chassid that Yom Kippur, every Yom Kippur got drunk. And they started getting up and said, Um, 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 uh, it's a meshtimah. 
So Rabbi Shab said, for him it's a race in Kristeva. Huh? I think so, is it not? Maybe not. Okay. No, 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 not with that. I'm not sure. That's a different story, I think. The Yemashminat says, Tilachem, which literally means in the eighth day of your holiday. Of your assembly, that Tzedes has all the meanings, of course. Tielechem. You know, you read B'yei Mashmini, Tzedes Tielechem. Sometimes B'yei Mashmini, Tzedes. Tzedek lo, Valeshmini, Tzedes, Shodegel B'fniyatzmi. No, you read B'yei Mashmini, the eighth day, meaning of Sukkot, after Sukkot taste Rishiv Yomim, Tzedes Tielechem, it should be an Tzedes to you. A Yomtef, assembly, or however we interpret it. But Sarak Love, and we have to understand, isn't a separate regal. The Gemara says that there's three regalim, and there's one more regal. Regal goes on leg. It's referring to the three times a year we go up, the mitzvah to go see and visit the Shalayim based on Migdash. So the Gemara says is a regal in six things. It's a separate regal. So why do we call it? The eighth day, the Hainushmini Lechag, like the eighth to that, it's, isn't it a separate regal, separate holiday? Lechera seemingly should have counted it based on the mount, days of the month, like just like he says, is like all the holidays in this month. That's Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah. But Asar by the tenth of the is Yom Kippur. But Chamisha Asar by Sukkot. She should have said Bechav Beis. That's what it is. The twenty-second Shminat Tzeres. Well, Kumai Kena Yitzchak Lachshu Shminat Tzeres Gamkin B'Meyachedish. The same way you should have counted Shminat Tzeres also on the Meyachedish. Why suddenly here does he count it as an extension of Sukkot of the eighth day? Right there, you got a maki following a primi, you see? If you think about it. By the way, this whole thing, makif primim, though he didn't say it specifically, is the whole thing of sukkahs and hakafas and everything. All the circles we make is all about makif, sitting in a sukkah. The lula vesrug is primi. So, everything, everything is makif and primi. He said in the last, at the end of the last moment, besukkahs teshvu. Okay. We also have to understand We also have to understand why the offering on Shemini Atzeres was only one cow and one ayel, one uh, baran, what is one baran, uh, one bull, bullock. Not like the rest of the days of the holiday, where they offered many cows. Like we say in every day in Musaf. Of Sukkot, they began with thirteen cows. Achab Shiva Parim, till it went down to seven for a total of seventy. Ubishmini Atzeres Rak Parechod. Ubishmini Atzeres was only one cow. Ubemedish Shama Isa and Medish it says Moshe LeMelach Shama LeEve. It's a Moshe for Ubishmini Atzeres, a Moshe, an example of a king that said to his beloved, "Bov in the Galgal Niva Ata b'Mashanimta." Let's you and I uh, celebrate and spend time together in the goggle, hang out together, basically. Let's hang out together. 
what we have left, because now that was coming, in other words, after seven days that we spent, and you're about to leave, let's spend some time together. Only us. That's why it says, Shemitah says, to you, only to you. A private, intimate day that, we, that we'll spend together. Understand, what is this Ani? He says, Moshlemelch, Ani Va'ata, you and I, Atem, I'm sorry, specifically. Well, Hoven calls and to understand all this, Tzrichim Lahagdim. Interesting, earlier, does the first time he says Tzrichim Lahagdim. Usually he says, Hoven calls and Yesh Lahagdim. Okay. The Kansmedai exam, I don't know why, but I'm sure there's a reason. Yeah, everywhere Yesh Lahagdim. Sometimes it does say Tzarek Lahagdim. Yesh Lahagdim means we could, one, one could. Tzarek means we must. Yesh means we should. We should. Yesh is not. Yesh. Tzarek is for sure more. Tzarek is. Okay. Tzrichim Lahagdim. We have to preface. What we discussed earlier, that Er Makiv does not have structure, distinction, which, as he called that, structure. That's a key word, is Chalkos. You see, I, I go back to it because it, it resonates with me constantly. When he says it's Chalkos, you have to just envision, he means, in one word, everything that defines existence as we know it. That's what it means. So it means the distinction, it means the, the changes, it means the rules, it means anything that is the structure of, of, of existence. And Makif, he's invested to make sure that Makif does not get tainted. The Makif does not have that element. That's why it has the power. Because if Makif becomes its chalkos, then it's part of the problem, not part of the solution anymore. And yet we find constantly Makifim, levels of Makifim and spheres of Makifim, which is what he's... Because... And that's why, but he keeps going back that it remains higher than his chalkus, even when, so like Tamimus. But what his chalkus is, yeah, do you have a friend and you say, are you in with me? We're going to battle? Yeah, and the next day you come, I change my mind. That's his chalkus. You want someone that's in all the way. Loyalty. Another word, by the way, maybe for Tamimus. It's not really the exact word, loyalty, imun. But, okay. See, Elias, you're in or out? <laughs> I heard you, I heard you. <laughs> I knew you would say that. <laughs> <laughs> when he said vision, you said vision is helpless. Oh, division. Division, he meant. No, not Vision, what we say is, is mocking? Vision is usually mocking because a vision is unwavering. You know, the, a vision that changes is like, is worthless. <laughs> like someone will say, you know what, I, my vision changed. So, I mean, everything falls apart, my vision changes. Like you see by the Rebbe, when he started the Basligani, it's unwavering, the mission that he stated. With the Deirashvi, this is the generation we're going to bring down. And that is, that's it, that's unwavering. That can never shift. The Rebbe Mashiach said to the Balsham, It's actually quite, uh, let's put it this way, it's quite um, encouraging, reassuring to know there's something that doesn't change. It's a foundation. And that's it. It doesn't change. It's unchanging. You can't change that. Nobody can come and say the mission changed. You could say how we do the mission differently. This way, that way. I'll give you an example. Someone, I just told this to someone. It's very interesting. Talk about the Rebbe. 
Someone said to me, if I, if I find the Rebbe Chidushim, be Chidushim in Chassidus. So I said, no. There are some Chidushim, some Chidushim, unbelievable Chidushim, but they're not as many as you may think. She said to me, how could you say that? Sounds like, you know, especially you, you worked in the Sikhs and all that. I said, you understand, that makes the Rebbe greater for me, not smaller. If someone says, there's a Talmud Asif, what's the Chadish? The Talmud, and it's Mechadish Chidushim that were not given a Moshe of it's not considered exactly a, a, a compliment. The Rebbe Rashab said that to someone, that's Chidushim, such Chidushim that were not even given a Sinai, that's how big they were. You know? So, yeah. Now, so, so I explained to him, I said, if you look in all the Svarim of, of, of Kohos, Tapitz, look at the first page, Kevish Shalshal Sa'er. The Rebbe wrote that. Shalshal Sa'er means the, the chain of light. Okay, Shalshal. So the Rebbe, in the first year, the Rebbe said, I was asked, why did I write Shalshal Sa'er, not Shalshal Samoyer? This is the this is the the of the rabbeim. They're moir. They're not oyer. Oyer is a reflection. They usually say adab is moir. We're oyer. So the rabbi said because in moir there's no shtalshlus. In moir there's no shtalshlus. It's like sarim actually. It's the same thing. If the alter rebbe lived today, he would do what the rebbe did today. If the rebbe lived with alter rebbe, he would have written tanya. He wouldn't been doing mitzvahim. It's not like the rebbe's personality decided he likes mitzvahim. The alter rebbe likes tanya. It says the Tereshom, the Altareb would have been his Mantanoim, he would have been a Tana. That's what he would have been, that's what Atzmi is. So it's one Rebbe in seven generations. So they, yes, in manifestation, there's a difference. The Rebbe always would say, you say, Altareb is Chochmah, the Mitla Rebbe is Bina. The Rebbe said, but that, uh, what the Rebbe's Lashon always is. Me, me, uh, me, Yidme, who, who, what right do we have to go and not understanding what the Rebbe's are? But still, we were told. And we can learn something from it. So what does it mean? Chokhmah and Bina is how they manifest it. But if you talk about it as a atzmi, it's one etzim. So the Rebbe doesn't have to go say chidush, but the Rebbe Rashab already said that chidush. He doesn't have to come and make a chidush just to show that he can make a chidush. Right, right. So my point that I'm trying to say is that what the Rebbe needed to make a chidush, it was necessary, he made one. You know, it's not, it's not, this is not about, it's not, this isn't a popularity content. It's not like, you know, show and tell. Show how smart I am. And, and I'll give you an example. In the first years, the whole Lukut is how did it originate? It started with the Rebbe would ask the Bochrim, the Rebbe requested the Bochrim should go to shuls and Chazuch Sidis. On Shabbos, in the afternoon. So every Shabbos was a talucha, a mini talucha. And uh, so there they found an opportunity. They said, oh, Chazun thinks. So they, so they prepared a sikha from the last year's sikha, let's say Parsha Vayelach or whatever, and sent it to the Rebbe. Then the So the Rebbe wrote back. I heard this from Yel Khan and from David Raskin, Allah Bashal. The Rebbe wrote back. See this? Thank God there's Lukutta Teirah, Lukutta Teirah. What's better than that? Let them Chazun that. So the plan was thwarted. So they wrote back to the Rebbe. They want they want the Rebbe's chassidus. Uh, that was the wrong thing to say to the Rebbe. The Rebbe gave them over the head. They said, "My chassidus, my chassidus is the Alter Rebbe's chassidus. There's no such thing as Alter Rebbe's chassidus. Are you comparing? You know." So they didn't know what to do. And then someone came up with the chachmah, which was right. They wrote back to the Rebbe. They want the Rebbe's explanations in the Alter Rebbe's Chassidus, which apply to our generation. 
And then the Rebbe edited it. But the Rebbe wasn't playing a game. It, 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 he was, he was, that's the way it is. The Rebbe is not Rebbe's is competing with the, the middle Rebbe, the Friedrich. It's one Rebbe, each generation. The Rebbe gives us a language that speaks to the 20th century. So basically, Mifzoyim, or Shlichus today, is the Alta Rebbe in the 20th century. That's all it simply is, 21st century. Anyway, the point I'm making here is that uh, that there's a mimer. I think I mentioned this once here. I think in Tafri Samaches. I think I, I mentioned it. I remember for sure. The Rebbe, the Rebbe Rashab says like this. The Moshel of Esosphere Agnusis, the famous Moshel, is the coal. That the fire is in the, is in the coal, you can't see it. So he says that the Chayra, seemingly, there's a better Moshel. Moshel of an of, of oil. Oil has the potential for for the fuel, and you definitely can't see it. Even more hidden. So there's seemingly a better example for the ten hidden spheres. And the Rebbe Rashab writes, "Avam <coughs> I'm, I'm afraid to say a new Moshel Chassidus. In a mimer, he writes this. A Rebbe is saying, and not a Rebbe like the first year he's a Rebbe, so he was more, you know, careful, so to speak, as he you know he writes more than Hashem Yerayne, whatever." So what does that tell you? That means that there's not one Moshe Luxus that was not said by the Alter Rebbe. That's what it means. It's pretty strong stuff. This is not a, this does not weaken the Rebbeim. It makes them stronger from my point of view. It means they're like literally Moshe of each generation. Why do you say the Rebbe is a Moshe of generation? Why don't you just say he's the Rebbe? He's our Rebbe. Well, he has to be like Moshe. No, because that's the key thing. That, that it's the same. You want you want the like the guy that said it's uh, your paper is both good and original. The part the problem is the part that's good is not original, and the part that's original is not good. <laughs> You know, so anyway, I don't know why I suddenly got into this. I just wanted to say it for some reason. Uh, whatever. Anyway, so he continues. I was, I was saying about transcendence. Yeah. So now he's going back to understand all this. We have to be magdim. We have to preface. Uh, what do we have to preface? What he spoke earlier. The ein mark of ein his chalkus. Oh, the ein his chalkus. That's what I was. I was thinking about the rebbes. They're all one. Ein his chalkus. Meaning there's that that makiv. Its power is that it's not defined by uh, the structure of existence. And that's why the Rebbe Rashab goes and so adamant. Like what bothers him? So there's Esosphere Snagulin, big thing, so what? What's wrong with that? It's not nice to me. Because then you bring the structure into Makif and then we have the problem. That's why he needs to, the whole point of Makif is that it should not be defined by structure. I just saw that settle again. You know the Rebbe wrote in back of Mem Hay by the Svarim. It's beautiful how he describes Chabad, that their whole thing is bitl hayesh and starts from themselves and there's nothing but made it. He wrote it for the lawyers to define what a Rebbe is. The Rebbe right defines what a Rebbe is. He says, Chabad, is bitl hayesh, started from himself. It's a very uh, powerful piece. The point I'm making here is that you need something that's outside of the existence. See, what Jews always knew, whether they knew it consciously or not, was, like Mordechai knew, that our role is not to become part of the problem, not to become part of the structure. And even though the Goyim killed us for it, like it says in Medrash, had they known what the base of Medrash did for them, they would have surrounded it with legions of protection. The Jews always knew that we have to be a, a Atem Edai, we're witnesses, to remind existence that there's something beyond existence. So if we succumb to what everyone succumbs to, and we could be bought, you destroy, I mean, it's not, it, there's no words to describe. Everything is destroyed. 
It's a big responsibility. So next time you consider compromising, think about that. <laughs> Listen, this is a mini Fabrengan too, right? It's right before you get. Okay, so that's Ainbois Chalkus. The Bishar Shebeidin Sarshalifni Atzimtzum, who are Ereshab Khinis Gilia Atzim. He's bringing together all the ideas he spoke. Because in its first root, remember where, where Makiv comes from. Makiv is not a, a, an agent of this world. Makiv is an agent of the divine infinite energy before the Tzimtzum. Which all it says is Gileadzim. As he said then, it's Kavana is not the, to, to affect something. It's to reflect the source. Shubchin is ain't safe, which is in a state, and it's in a state of ain't safe. The air itself is ain't safe. Valkain gam kamoishanazubchin is makiv leelimus. This is a very powerful summary right here of of, of 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 I don't say thirty forty pages, and therefore even when it becomes a makiv to worlds, no, it's even when it manifests on the lower levels, it retains shubchin is ain't safe. It retains its ain't safe quality. That gam shiyes bezem makivim klolmu makivim pratim. So, even though it has klolim and protim, like we said, there's the makif kloli at igul agadol, the great sphere, tahir Allah, then tahir tata, then makifim protim of atzilas bri yitzira sira, ein bezeis chalkus. There's no real distinction, as he explained at length why there isn't. They remain, they remain ain't safe oriented. It's like you know, it's like um, examples we give many times. You know, where the king sends his prince's son. He dresses up like everybody, like the towns. And the key is, never forget, you're not one of them. You are of a different, you were sent for a reason there. Makiv always reminds us, is that it's coming from another place. Imminence, ultimately, has to also be know that. But on its own, its role is, like I said, you're digging the well. You're not the chief, the head of the department. Rotson is the head of the department. It always has to know that it's answering to somewhere higher. And more than that, it is, it's, all it is is an agent of the source. Like we said, all it is is, is to express the desire. What is that? Naveda Tbimus. When we're informed by that place, you have unwavering commitment. When you're not, then basically you're not connecting to Makifim. You're connecting to Pnim. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable if you think about it. It's like a real picture of, of, of life. Yeah, how do we say when the Rebbe says in Sefer where we take on what's that term the the Hamhagas of the Ola of Medina? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nimusei Hamedina. Dina Malchus Medina. What says Holach Bekarta Holach Bekarta Holach Benimusa. It's used in Medrash when the Malachim came to Avram, even though they don't eat, they they they, they ate. When Moshe went on the Har, even though he always ate, he didn't eat because they, 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 right, exactly, yeah. Um, so there's beautiful sikhs on this topic, great sikhs from the Rebbe. Briefly, the answer is, an neshama comes down to a goof and it dresses up in the garments, but it should never forget that it's an neshama. You dress up in the garments in order to be mavarer. You know, we have to speak the language. Torah speaks the language of man. Now, so you need two things. This is why you always need two forces at work. The wisdom of knowing how to speak to the recipient but retaining the integrity and quality control of the original. What is the big problem? We always talk about the problem, what we're having. The people who know don't know how to speak to the outside. The people who speak to the outside don't know. 
you don't have a real interfaces. When Evan Tibur, who translated Meir Nevuchim from Arabic, he writes, the key secret to a translator is three things. He has to know the original language, he has to know the language he's speaking, and he has to know the content. But he also says that the key thing is the interface. Because it's not just you can know Arabic and Hebrew, or English and Hebrew, and still something's missing. Like you're excellent, you must know, you have to understand the idea so well that you're not compromising it as you translate into language. Just a, if, you, if you take an excellent translator of English to Hebrew and give them Ayan Bays, what are they going to translate? They won't know what to do. Because they don't have to, they don't understand the spirit of it. This is the greatest challenge in life. This is very, very great. That's the, the, this is, I think this is what, what our role is. You know, the Rebbe, for example, Kav Yochel, like the Rebbe said, the Rebbe could have done everything. He could have brought Mashiach to But he wanted to give us the schools to be part of it. But the Rebbe Kav Yochel spoke Yiddish and Hebrew and, and stuck to that language. He didn't go in the language... And he didn't go on YouTube and didn't do didn't have press conferences and go on CNN and explain this. He wanted us to do that. So, in other words, the Rebbe is more like a source. Moshe is coming to Taylor. You need always these two things for interface. You need to know Tachtenim and you need to know that you're coming from a Dira. The complication is far easier. The Miraglim wanted to stay in the Dira. Kairach wanted the Tachtenim. You need to have balance. You have either people going too far out and staying there, or getting too comfortable, or people who don't know how to go out and stay in their inner sanctum, and then you've got a, a second problem. That is the ultimate dilemma. It's very, very clear. So you, that, this, is the, why, this is why these interfaces are so vital, because they're really a model. I mean, based on this, you can create a real model for life. Like even the idea of what, what, how our systems work. Let's, let's challenge our systems. You know, we bring up our children. Early years, of course, they're sheltered. And that's how it should be. They're like in the teva. They're surrounded. Sheltered, provided by, by us. The question is, what stage, you know, do they go out there? So you see how the Rebbe made it. He sent even kids on Fridays, on Mifzayim. You know, there's a training of, of also starting to... So when they get a little older, it's a, it's a constant. Then also when people say, should I... Uh, how much uh, someone asked me, Bokhar Shabbos asked me, if someone's calling me Pekoach Nefesh Beruchnis, you know, Begashmis, we know someone saving a life uh, stops everything, except three things. But saving a life Beruchnis, can I just leave, say to Yeshiva to go save a life Beruchnis? Like, you asked me an interesting question. I said, if you ask the Rebbe, you'd say no. If you're in Say the Yeshiva, I mean, I'm, so I'm not talking about Begashmis. If you say the Yeshiva, it's not the time. You either get someone else to do it, and also, what, what do you mean you save a life Beruchnis? It's not so simple, you know, what does that mean? He said, even Suffolk, you're not saving a life? He told me a guy wants to get intermarried. I said, yeah. Okay, so I said, so did you get him not to be intermarried? You have to also realize that it's not so simple. Just because you're going to go out of your state of yeshiva doesn't mean you're going to get it done. And uh, I'm, my point is not, that obviously, even a 1% chance that you can do something, you do it. My point is, there is an order of how much we go out, how much we stay in, etc., etc., like you know, it says six days a week is a mitzvah to work one day Shabbos someone says to me why can we have six day Shabbos on one day work it's not the way God wanted my friend that's not how he made it anyway so while came gun commission I think I, I, this is a very important line to end the line because he really, it stays answered that gamshi has been makif klom okay it's no ischalkus now, see, this is everything, till, what he said now is everything till chapter 80. It's a short summary of, I would say, around 30 chapters, maybe even more. Maybe less, 20, 20, 20 chapters. 
Then thou chapter eighty. And we discussed earlier, this is chapter 8. See, he's talking not makifim protim and kolim now. There's a stira to this, that there's no hischalkos. That it says in Yitzchayim, the bigulim yesh eser spheres. In Yitzchayim it says, igulim have ten spheres. It also explains in Yitzchayim, sheyesh bigulim maila mata. That igulim have higher and lower. Hainu eagle elyon, the eagle tach. There's a higher eagle that surrounds a lower eagle. In addition, he also said, oh, no, he goes and continues. He also said, in addition, that each eagle has a higher part and a lower part. But clearly, he's not referring that right now. And explained, that that which we find, that there's a hierarchy, a structure, like spheres, in the Gulim, is not a con- contradiction to the primary Ikara Inyan, to the primary uh, subject, that the Gulim do not have distinctions. The Pchinis, my Lamata Shabam Ainzashim Cholokim Be'etzim Adrigosim. Huh? The primary premise, okay. The Pchinis, my Lamata Shabam, because their hierarchy, in Makifim, that is, an eagle, is not does not mean that they're fundamentally different one level and the next. Qualitative, in other words. It's only in Gilui. It's only revelation, meaning only in quantity, essentially. Only in expression. So if you have, here's another example. If you have a teacher, so we said, from the perspective of a student, when the teacher is teaching an idea, and there's three students, let's say. One is a, a beginner, intermediate, advanced. The same idea is teaching to three people. From the perspective of the student, there's absolute distinction between them. The, the, the beginner hears what an intermediate or advanced, he will not get it. And vice versa. That will be too little for the, for the ones that need more. So from their perspective, there's absolute distinction. That's imminence. That's imminent energy. Now, Yes, that the beginner, the teacher is wise enough to put into the ideas that the beginner get ideas that he will one day become intermediate and then advanced. Absolutely. But right now, this distinction is fundamental. And if you break that distinction, you destroy the, the process. It's not, the, it's not incidental. However, if you talk from the perspective of the teacher and his intensity of his understanding of the idea, does he understand the idea less when he's speaking to a beginner than when he's speaking to an advanced student? I would say the contrary. To speak to a beginner, he probably has to understand the idea even better. Because to, to bring it down to that level. So if you talk about from the intensity, so to speak, the qualitative concept that, he's discuss- that, that he has within himself, from his perspective, there's no difference between the three. I'm just giving another example where you have the same flow. And it depends from what perspective. So that's what he said. It's only in Gilui. It's not... That it's mukhalokim be'etzim adregosa. But there is, but there is a schalkus on a level, but that's in the imminent level, not on the makif level. It's only in gili, only ribu yamit. In other words, how much is flowing? So like he said, in Atsilus, the light, the energy flows to chachman keser close up, to being a distant, to rza through a window, malchus through a hole. Like he explained, but it's the same light. The same sunlight going through the window to the hole. The only difference is it's Ribu Yamit. But there, there is qualitative difference between Chachman and Bina and so on and so forth. 
But in, in Bria, for example, there's a completely different, you need a Mosach, you need a Kurt. In Makifim, it's only this diminished state. But as he explained earlier, this diminished state does not define structure. And this diminished state does not define the makifim. That's the key thing here. So it's true that an imminence is also uh, the, the more and less. But there it defines its entity. Like I said, the students, they're defined by their state of being. This one is a, is a beginner. In makifim, the fact that it's flowing less does not impact the intensity of the makif itself. The in ain that's what he says right now. And this diminished, or abundance and diminishment, is not a distinction. Even in the level of imminence, it's not real distinction. Even level of distinction, because but the level of, because here, it's true, he's a beginner student, and qualitatively he's a different level. But as far as the quantity goes, one day he's going to grow. But Er Makif, even that doesn't have. Because even an imminent level, the diminished, the, this beginner student, the diminished flow has concealed in it all the intensity. And especially by That's the distinction. So with the students, I just gave the example. Yes, quantitatively, the, the little has everything in it, and will ultimately get there. So it's not really fundamental difference, but there is a difference. In Makif, it doesn't just have the energy, the potential, all the great energy, it also has the intensity, exactly as it is from its source. And that, that Primi doesn't have. That the beginner student doesn't have. So within this idea that the student is receiving, basically it's almost like three things we can talk about. This qualitative difference from an imminent level from one level to the next. In, quant- in Makif, there's no quantitative, qualitative difference. In quantity, there's a similarity because quantity has within the in the small state has everything potentially, but it's not there with the same intensity and it is diminished. And in quanti- and in makif, even quantity has the same intensity. So in other words, it's like the younger student, the beginner student, is getting the same passion from the teacher as the advanced student. He might not getting the same seichel necessarily, because but but he's getting the same passion. And qualitatively, same yeah, same intensity. You could even say like the same conviction. Like like what came when you spoke about sincerity. A teacher who's teaching a beginner is not less sincere than a teacher who's teaching an advanced student. His, his commitment is there. He's a teacher. Okay. Well, not necessarily. No, no, no. That, not, not necessarily. This is more or less that the Rebbe says in our generation he has to emphasize this more. I wouldn't necessarily say that's the Rebbe. The, the, no, the, the, the Rabbeim, I would say that there's two, there's two sides. Um, yeah, it's an etzim. The etzim is the same in every generation. Or even yeah, or atzmim even more than makifim. And the second thing is that each generation has its particular needs. So um, those needs have to be addressed in their particular way. So, um, 
But the Siva the Rabbeim. Isn't that uh, what they're deciding what to what to bring mute and what to reboy, so to speak? To, to, yes, that's step one. But I would say there's more to it then as well, because ultimately, when the Atzmi is addressing another generation, it's probably a, a dimension of the Atzmi is being revealed that wasn't revealed before either. Not just the gili of it. It's not just like it's one uh, one wellspring. And water going to each generation, I would say generation, especially let's say our last generation, where it's coming now, in a way can reveal etzem more than it was revealed in the time of the Alter Rebbe. Either because, like you know, the the, the Bosligani, you give the soldiers the, the the deepest secrets. So so more levels of it's not just it's not just the flow of water coming through your pipes. That's one level, but there's also an atzmizdik shift. Revelation of Atzmi. Like when Moshe said he was an honor for the last generation, that type of thing. I just want to qualify because I don't want to just turn it into like all the Rabbeim are one and it's just a matter of what generation they're flowing into. And, and what they emphasize. Yeah, but it goes deeper than that because the Mashiach comes now, it came in Dera not in Dera Rishon. And that's not just quantity, that's a qualitative. Don't we say that by Nasi he lives with Mashiach? He, 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 he have Mashiach just like uh, the. It's true, but, but, but yeah, but still, when it's missing in this world, it's also somewhat missing by him. But that's quantity rather than quality. I don't know, not necessarily. No, no you could call that quality too. Remember, there's a point where quantity in Gdusha becomes quality. Because if, you know, it's like if uh, there's, uh, there's a. Uh, I just was reading a Sikha from Vayelach, Toshim Vov. Unbelievable Sikha. Talks oh, ma- mamash about what we're doing. This Shabbos, yes. the Rebbe speaks about learning Chassidus. Unbelievable. He says, today everything was revealed. He doesn't understand why people are not learning and take advantage of it. And then he goes into the whole thing about Atzis Agayim. you got to read this. He says, so Chassid says, why are you telling me about the Goyesha world? What do I need to know about them? I want to sit and just learn, sit and learn Chassidus. That's and this. So the Rebbe says, so the Rambam says, because if there's Shalom in the world, then you can be peaceful. But the, the, but the Rebbe brings from Tehillim, I think Kovdal, that says not only that you that there'll be shalom in the world, that should be important, that you will be given control of the lands of the earth. So he says, what do I need? I have enough problems to control like this. What do I need to have the Goyesha nations under my, my control? Millions and billions of people. The Rebbe says this. So the Rebbe says, because if you're learning Chassidus, you know that you have to permeate every part of the world with alakus. So if there's one corner of the world that's not permeated, how could you sleep peacefully? In other words, he's connecting learning chassidus with changing the, every corner of the world. It's amazing sikh. Okay, so ma'at tzarech lohavin, and now we have to understand. My point that I'm trying to say is that there's a point where quantity does touch quality. You know, I mean, I'm giving examples with the rabbeim, but I want to be careful... That ultimately, I just gave an example, but I don't know if it applies in all the aspects here. And Rabbeim also talking about Atzmim, you're not just talking about Kifim, it's, it's a little deeper than... It's just an example that every Rebbe, there's no Shtalshlus in Moir. The interesting thing, it says there is a Shtalshlus in Ksarim, except they're in Shtalshlus from one another. And when the Rebbe said there's no Shtalshlus in Moir, that could be even higher, because no Shtalshlus altogether, it's just the same thing. Exarim, there is Ishtashos, except they have their own track. Not the same track as Primi. It has to be discussed. I have to think about it. But there has to be. There has to be a, also a qualitative element in the whole thing as well, for sure. 
Again, this, the, the, the Alter Rebbe was here and doing this, this would be the quali- it would be also qualitative. It's not Pshad the Rebbe's Chiddush, or Rebbe, one Rebbe uh, competing with another. It, but, but I'm trying to say it's not just revelation alone. It's revelation plus more. It has to be. Yeah. Okay, let's continue on here. Chapter 83. Now, from here, now, Ma'ato, after he said this, we still have to, we have to understand, Ma'ato. And from here, we have to understand. In other words, it's not yet understood. What it says in Eitzchayim, the Begulim Yesh Esesfiris. The Begulim, there's ten spheres. Because what he explained so far is that the Ma'ilomata is only in their revelation, in their abundance and diminishment, but not, fundamentally, they are one. But how does this still explain? We still need to understand how do you apply this to the ten spheres in the Gulim? The Gulim Yashas spheres, Igula Kesav, Igula Chachma. Well, Cheder Zeo Bchinis is Chalkus. Seemingly, this is distinction. Ma'achish Shashayr Ben Hashem is the Kachab, Kesav Chachma Bina. Being that there's the the Shayr Ben, that's possible to say by them. More than possible. That it's that means that the day that applies to them the names of Kesar, Chachm, and Bina. Seemingly, this is a distinction in their fundamental levels because you're calling them Igla Chachm, Igla Kesar. And when, the, and, when, and when we say that in the Gulim in truth, there's no distinction. How can we say this to ten spheres? That has not been answered. He answered the idea, the idea that the Riboy made. But you're saying ten spheres. Ten spheres is a distinction. That's basically what he's saying. In other words, he's not satisfied with saying that it's just the ten spheres in Makifim are just uh, superficial, uh, so-called... Um, Levels of revelation, as I was explaining before. How do you say there are essence spheres in them? So we do understand that things that that, that the makifim have an impact of of ribuya mute, and that does not change their quality. Quality, their one quality. But how do you explain the fact that there's ten spheres there? That's what's bothering. Him. In other words, it seems very much like the ten spheres. You, Yeah, exactly, exactly. One second, is, are we talking about Esosphere in an eagle or eagle to the, each, each of the spheres? It's a different concept. No, it's what you said is, to me that's the same thing. You know, he's not saying there's an eagle that Chachma the Primi has an eagle that the esospheres in Igulim. The Igulim are called esospheres of Igulim. In other words, Chachma has two levels. There's the Primi of Chachma and there's the eagle of Chachma. It's not just the Primi and there happens to be a hovering energy. There's a Chachma called, there's, Chachma has 
Chochme Pnimi, Yesher, and it's Chochme and Eagle. It's a whole series of ten spheres in the Igulim. Eitz Chaim identifies the Igulim. So that's One is that there's a surrounding... But it says in there's spheres in Igulim. That's the bottom line. How do you explain it? There's spheres in Igulim. That's exactly what I'm saying. Both are correct. There are spheres in Igulim. That's for sure. Or else there's no question here. Look at the bottom of page 150. Look at the bottom of page 150. The beginning of the chapter. The Kishem Shesha Sviz, the Yeshek, making Shesha Sviz, the Igulim. And that it's not just uh, commensurate to that. Yeah, that there are actual ten spheres. It's like two tracks of ten spheres. There are two types of ten spheres. One is an igulim level, one is a pnimi level. That they relate to each other? Yes, they do, of course. The eagle of Chachma is, is the eagle of the pnimi of Chachma. But there are ten spheres in igulim. The bottom line that's bothering him is here, the question here is that there are ten spheres in igulim. In the igulim level, there are spheres. Yeah, but he says it clearly. He says, "Why don't you read page Kufri?" He says, "Kashem sheyesh bekeser beyeshet igulim." There's also in igulim yesh. It says it clearly in Eitzchayim. Look at the bottom pipe, second line on chapter eighty. He says it straight. The lotion of the Eitzchayim. Okay. <laughs> So in other words, everything I said earlier, no, not on both, only on the first one, that there's actual spheres in the Gulim. That's the question. The other one would not be a question. Because the way it's, it's written here seems to be talking about the other type of Gulim. No, no, I, why don't you read page pay, I'm telling you, just repeat. Okay, but I'm just read, why don't you read chapter 80, line 2. Right. Read, read it right now, read it. Page 150. Kashem, read Kashem Sheyesh. Yeah, so it's a whole means there are ten spheres of Igulim. Igulim have ten spheres. That's the bottom line. How could they have ten spheres when they're beyond structure? That's exactly the question he has then. He's continuing the same question. So anyway, the point I want to make is so what did he say in the last few chapters? That helped us. What he helped us was saying that 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 any revelations from these spheres, whether it's in Chachma or Bina and so on, does not change the fact that qualitatively the Makif remains Makif. But what's bothering him, and the fact is, you're still saying there's spheres in there, and spheres to say they're superficial or they're they're are they're, are they're, they're external is not sufficient. Because spheres are spheres, and spheres are structure. How could you say they're structure and beyond structure, basically? Want to say something? Yeah, if you look at the second line in chapter 80, it says, so I don't know what you're talking about. The igulim maybe igulim is not a diuk in my mind at all, because it's, he's, he's, asking, he's, he's quoting and he's, he's quoting and contradicting himself. 
Again, you're talking line words or you're talking Havana here? He's asking a question. He asked him. The question remains the same. That's well, it's okay, but it's de or be. doesn't make a difference here. Oh, I'm saying that there's esesfiris of an inigulim, which means that there's esesfiris. Every eagle is an eagle casting. Exactly what he says. I'm just, I'm just saying that there's both of these, both of these ideas. I mean, is there a question on the table right now? No. No, no, if there is, there is. I don't know. I'm not clear. It's clear that there are ten spheres in the level of Igulim. That's the problem here. If it said in Eitzchayim that there are ten spheres and the spheres are surrounded by Igulim, this wouldn't be a question. You could always explain the Igulim are just are beyond the spheres and that's it. But, it's, but it says in Eitzchayim that there are ten spheres in Igulim. That's the bottom line. It's a very distinct difference between the two statements. Right, so you're saying that if there were, we said that each sphere of Kesar, of Hak, and Biyadas had its own relative it eagle, it does have, it does have. that's not a problem. It's the problem is that within each eagle, it's Nessus sphere. No, 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 no. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. It says that there's Nessus spheres in Igulim. There's eagle of Chachma, eagle of Bina. That's it. So we're not saying within the makifim of eagle there is esesfera. So it's his within each kesser that uh, each eagle that's relative to each world. I don't know. There is that way, but it doesn't necessarily. You don't need to go there. Why is that? Why do we have to go there? Because that's what, that's right. Igulim is a is a is a track in the Stalshlus. Are there esesferas in this track or not? That's what I'm saying. Chaim says yes. That there are ten spheres. It doesn't mean, no, it doesn't mean that in one eagle there's ten spheres. Yes. Let me ask you, are there ten spheres in Chochmah? Yes. So that's the same, same thing, ten spheres in eagle, but it's not relevant to us. We are saying it or not. But that, that's not relevant. It's not relevant here at all. That's a completely not relevant discussion. What we're trying to say is that within the idea of... I, I'm, ta- I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not trying to say that. Okay. There's two tracks. There's a thing called Igulim and Yesher. In both of them, the Yitzchayim says there's spheres. That's all that we need to know. That that creates a problem. You wonder how it works? Yes. There's an eagle called Chochmah, and then there's a Pnimi called Chochmah. But there's also the eagle called Chochmah. In the track called Igulim, there's, there's spheres. There are spheres in Igulim. What is the... Are we trying to be mathematical here? I mean, what's, 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 what's bothering you exactly? What's bothering me is... I don't want to take up the time from the He's envisioning that there's one eagle, and within that eagle, there's ten spheres. That's not that's what I'm saying. I know exactly what you're saying. But, but, the, the, but what we're saying is that there's an eagle of, called the eagle of Kesser, there's an eagle of Khotma, and there's an eagle of Bina. So you see that there's a in the Gulen. No. You see, you see that there's a Chalpas in one way, yes. I that's understand that, what you're saying. That's the one. That's the other, and, and I was asking if, there, if we're also saying the other aspect, which could be within the panemius of each eagle. There is that. There is that also. That's 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 there is that also, but that's not what we're focusing on. Okay. That's, that's, that's fair. There is that other. And does the Rebbe talk that. about that? I don't know. First of all, I don't know if there is or there isn't. If it says somewhere, it says. It says it doesn't say. It's not what he's talking about here. It doesn't say. However, the Indian is one second. I want to just see one thing. I don't know what you're talking about. Where is that? It doesn't, it doesn't say such a thing here. 
I don't know what that. Right. Fine, but it's not. That's not what he's focusing on here. He's focusing here on that that, that there's the vision of ten spheres in in, in Makifa. Okay, I want to just uh, qualify one thing. I realize now. And back in chapter 80, when he asked the question, there was really two parts to the question. One was he began asking, aren't there ten spheres in the Gulen? Right. And the second part he started saying is that that there is mylomato in the Gulen. On the line three and page Kufnun Aleph. Move over by Tzchayim Shei Gulim Yisbe Milo Mata. Everything he discussed till now was about the Milo Mata. That's what he explained. So Milo Mata is understood. That question has been answered because it's only revelation. Milo Mata means only revelation, only quantity. That question has been answered. What has not been answered is the first question of the ten spheres. That's the key thing that he's saying here. Mm-hmm. And the intensity? Oh, the intensity is... is, 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 is uh, yeah, that's that's in the Maila in, in hierarchy. So there's higher. For example, what goes like this. You know, the wor- you know how it works? After the Tzimtzum addition, so all the light was removed, so one remained Eagle Hagadol. That's the first eagle, the big sphere around it all. Then came the Kav, and made an eagle, one big circle. Then it continued and made the eagle of Chochmah, and then another eagle of Bina, an eagle of this. That means that an eagle in this spheres. In addition to creating also a Aries and Kalim, energies that enter into containers, which is Primi. So the Igulim are called, eagle is, this is called Chochmah, this is called Bina, and so on. So every Makif, Meaning every big eagle has an ten spheres. So Ak, which is, starts with one circle, then has ten spheres within it. Chachum binadas. Within each of those, there's also a primi. But it's clear that there's a whole track called spheres. That's the bottom line picture. You follow what I'm saying? Same thing with Atsilas. Comes to Atsilas, first it creates a makif for Atsilas, Kesser. Then it creates a makif of Eagle of Chochmah, Eagle of Bina, Eagle of Das, Eagle of Chesed, Chesed. I don't know about that. No, not within it, meaning it's around No, no, so I'm saying, so Eagle of Chochmah, that's what he says on top of the The Eagle of Chochmah is higher than, that's what it says in Yitzchayim, than the Eagle of Bina. What do you mean higher? It surrounds it. 
That's so it's mylomata. That's mylomata. So it that's seems that's there's a hierarchy. It surrounds all of them. The, the malchus is the, is the one that's most inside. It's like ten circles within each other, concentric circles. Well, no, no, it's surround. Absolutely, it's chokma surrounds. Then comes the eagle of bina. Then the eagle. What do you mean? It's concentric circles, circles within each other. What's the problem? Bina is lower than chokma. Yeah. What are you saying? I'm so, that's clear, of course. The circle of Bina is, is smaller than the circle of Chochmah. And it only surrounds the, the lower... The lower uh, Obviously. What, what, that, that's the whole point. That's concentric circles. Circles within circles. He actually said that, that in Pnimi, the, uh, the, 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 inner, the inner you go, the higher it is. Not every and, and in Makiv, the outer you go, the higher it is. That's what he said. Not every eagle has all ten of them. I mean the eagle of Chachma, where it has all the other ten, all the other nine. Chachma has all the nine. What do you mean? I mean has it's 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 it surrounds. Right, surrounds. So it doesn't mean it has it. It just means it surrounds it. What do you mean by it has it? I don't know what you mean by it has it. Is it means scholars? What? The scholars? That's not completely unrelevant to this discussion here. He's not even talking about that. That's not even. That's not on the map here. He's not talking about the scholars. Not talking about scholars. Not in Pnimi. Not in Makif. He's talking about the distinction between them. That whether, whether, whether uh, the makifim all are, that's a separate discussion. The point that I'm saying is that there's two parts to the question. One is that there's ten spheres. The spheres are structured. And second is milo mato. There's a hierarchy to them. So this is the main answer that of, since chapter 80 till here has been about the hierarchy. About the hierarchy. Okay? That's what he said here. But Mailomato, how do you explain Mailomato? Like he brought from the the, the, the the two effects of Makif that Makif has a higher part and a lower part. Oh. He says just like if you go further, he says is eagle Just like there's a higher circle, lower circle, each circle, each sphere also has a higher part and a lower part. We brought about the two things that repair the blemishes. But all this is in quantity and revelation. Now in chapter 83, he says, after we finish, now we have to understand what means spheres. We're not just saying that there is a hierarchy. Okay, fine, hierarchy, you want to say that, that the Mailomata is, is, is a so-called only revelation and it's all intensely equal? Fine, but how do you explain spheres in Igulim? That's the question. Now why can't you just answer that the spheres are also just revelation. So I'm saying is because it's hard to say spheres as being a superficial element. When you say spheres in the gulim, it looks like it's a fundamental part of the gulim is it's the structure of the spheres. The hierarchy you can explain is a revelation thing, is quantity. But the spheres it appears as a quality thing. That's that's the key what he's saying here. That's why you can't just answer. Because why can't you just answer the Kesar of Chach, the eagle of Chachma? Means it's not an eagle is chachma. The eagle reveals itself in quantity chachma, bina. Because sphere, as we said, are fundamental structure, and structure meaning there's a fundamental difference between chachma and bina. So it seems like there's a fundamental difference between the sphere, the eagle of chachma, the eagle of bina. So hierarchy is understandable. Like he said, even by imminence, hierarchy does not make structure. Hierarchy is just more or less, and one can climb and become. 
It has it all within it. It could be the same quality. And it is the same quality with Makiv. Even in Primi it's the same. It's just a matter of, of, of measure. In Makiv it's the same intensity. You follow? But the question of spheres remains because spheres determine structure. I'm sorry, spheres determine, define qualitative difference of one sphere and the next. So to say, for example, that, that in Pnimim, in imminence, Chacham and Bina are two fundamental entities and in Makifim, Chacham and Bina are not, would, be, would, 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 uh, would not be the Pshat. So what is the Yitzchayim saying? That there are ten spheres in the Gulen. He's saying that there's basically structure in the Gulen. That there's fundamental differences. Or let's put it this way: We have to understand what does it mean the spheres in the gulim. Obviously, he's going to answer the question, so you can clearly going to understand. You're going to see here now. He's going to go now. This is the next few pages going going back to what he spoke earlier earlier. Because remember, the big question was where the spheres originate from, the ten hidden spheres. The ten hidden spheres are a makiv. They're not a primi. There's no primi there altogether. Look! Look what he's going to say now. Achayin who. However, the Indian in this is the Hinan is Baralil Da Nosei. We learned earlier that my Mernosei, now we're going back, literally, we're going back to page 18. What did we learn there? The Be'ed in Sof Shalifni at Simtsum, that an infinite light before the prior to the Simtsum, pre Simtsum, Shalamayla Master Sphere Sagnusis, the answer Shalifni at Simtsum, Shalamayla Master Sagnusis, the Hainabayan Sabbath, will share Gamkin Spheres. That an infinite light that's higher than the ten hidden spheres, which means in the infinite light that's bleakful, where there's infinite possibilities. Remember, we spoke about the artist, infinite possibilities. There, there's also shaykh. There, there's also the, poss- the, the possible. There's also um, uh, the level of spheres. Because it's in a state of air and gili. As soon as you have revelation and gili, even if it's not defined yet, the whole gili are the spheres. And every revelation comes through spheres. Rakshasham a mispilis spheres. The only thing is that there's no number there to the spheres. It's infinite amount of spheres. But all revelations come through the spheres. Infinite possibilities that the artist could draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finisbayasham, and we explained there, and it was explained there, the Hainushagama spheres and Bikinis Bligvul. That even the spheres there are in a state of Bligvul. Being that the pshitus, meaning the, the the seamlessness, the shapelessness of the Ein Seif, is the cause for these infinite spheres. Like we say, you are one, but not in a measurable way. One. Because he's one fundamentally. Therefore the spheres are also not measurable. In other words, in other words, like this: spheres are the channels through which God reveals anything. But when we are, but with the earliest stages, before there was a determination of, of a specific form of revelation, ten, there's a revelation. But it's all the power of God revealing Himself. What dominates there, that's what He says back there, is shapelessness. So even the spheres there are shapeless. Both quantity and quality, he says, ain't softly pashtusan. So there's no number to spheres, it's not ten, it's infinite amount, infinite possibilities. Uh, the example I use then as use Zen is the artist. So you have the the artist is the etzem is let's say atmos. 
then the artist has himself the ability to create infinite amount of art. Infinite possibilities. Will it be a landscape? Will it be this? Will it be that? Infinite. That state of infinite possibilities is already a revelation. It's spheres. No, he doesn't use the words. I don't want to use the words. I wouldn't use the word Yecholos at this point. Because I think Yecholos is higher than spheres. Um, here I would say this is Erein Sof before there's a desire for a particular if that's for sure I think it's even before Ratzin Kedem Alesa Ratzin he said right does he say that but I think that's what he means I think there Nasei Nasei he says Kedem Alesa Ratzin I think because Sfira saying Ked anyway it doesn't really matter to look exact levels but the bottom line is there's a state where there's no spheres altogether that's for sure but there's a state with this sphere, so it's, so it's revelation we have. So the artist is no longer just in his isolated place beyond being an artist. He's now manifest, he's going to become an artist. But there's infinite possibilities. So there's, an artist has the Then there's another level after that, which is the infinite possibilities. Fine. Infinite possibilities of art. So therefore, as a sphere, Enkets. You can't call them ten. And each one is also infinite in their own way, because there's no uh, definition yet. It's basically, there's only revelation, no definition. Let's see where he's going with this. So therefore the spheres themselves are also in a state of shapelessness. And the chayre are seemingly not understood. How could there be spheres in the form of pshittas? Spheres, we talked about a structure. How could a structure be in a state of non-structure? Essentially is the question. You see where he's going with this. He's answering, he's going to answer the question that there's a whole state of spheres that can be non-structured. Aren't spheres in a state of definition? As we discussed earlier, Chachma is not Bina. Bina is not Chesed. Chesed is not Gvura. Right. Not just in Revelation. So how can we talk about The question here is even stronger than the question on Igulim. Igulim, they're after the Tzimtzum. They're, they're diminished state. You're talking now all the way in the root. How could there be a place where there's spheres at the same time saying that they are shapeless? Okay. Now, he's not going to answer this question till chapter 124. 47 chapters from here. Yep, yeah, I need to say that. 17, 24, 34, 41 chapters from here. 41, 41 chapters. Chapter 141? 124. 124 is going to go back to this. Let me tell that's where he starts now the whole thing. I don't even know if I'm going to start learning now from here because it's a new subject here. But basically he's going to stay, you see, like he says, To understand this, we need to know what a sphere is. Understand? So it's a beautiful segue. But basically he's going to say that spheres have different roles. That there's a sphere as it's a number, misper. The sphere from the word, um, that's the highest level. From the word misapir, like tell a story. There's there's, a, there's there's number, relate the story, and illuminate, basically. 
No, that's a different thing. That's a, that's that. No, no, no. That's safer self, safer than sipur. That's not this. Not connected. But they, but they're talking about something else completely there. So bottom line is the number is going to be te- the spheres in, in its like lowest level. The, how they tell a story is going to be a little higher, and the, how they illuminate. So basically, spheres themselves have different r- roles, and he's going to say spheres and igulim is the most sublime form of the sphere. So like when you when you for example uh, count numbers, you're expressing a very tangible. Let's say you're counting your children. See if they're all there, right? So that's just numbers. But within it lies the love for them, and there's a story behind that. And behind the story, there's an illumination. Basically, he's going to come and explain that there's. So you see, so he really, he's really giving you have the answer by saying that there's spheres even in Erdain Sof. If there's spheres there, then there's not a problem explaining how there's spheres in the Gulim. We just have to understand what does it mean that there's spheres there? Because spheres seemingly, till now, we've discussed spheres are structure. So now he's going back to the whole thing of spheres. He's revisiting what, what, what spheres, the role of spheres are. So that, that explains. So first he established and discussed the quantitative shift of spheres. Their quantitative hierarchy. And explained that that doesn't change the quality of intensity of the tmimus, of the conviction or sincerity of, of transcendence and makif, of rotsun. But now we're saying there are ten spheres in the rotsun. So we have to understand what they are. That's what he's going to go and discuss right now. This question that the Rebbe starts with, so I will stop here. Yeah, yeah. Is this higher than what we say about esospheres and Yeah, for sure. He said the Mila says higher than esospheres and Gnusis are ten. Here we're talking about this infinite. So remember, the levels are atmos. Then that's just built in Mitzvahs Nimtza. Then it comes into air, air, field of energy that is beyond anything, not even spheres. It's like it's, it's, you could say you could call him an artist now. You, know, you can call him a, 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 a existential entity, not even an artist. Where is Yecholos? Yecholos is usually an atzmos, the ability in atzmos. Yecholos is the higher levels, generally speaking. We talked to Yechelis. Yechelis was... Uh, Eirein Sof is usually Yechelis. Eirein Sof. Yeah. Yeah. It's not between Eirein Don't Don't put it like that. Yechelis means God's ability. That's, I think whether... The, it's not aware. It's the ability. It's, God, it's Atmos's ability. So it's a, clearly a step beyond... But it's within Atmos, the ability for Er. Er can be Yecheles. Er can be that state of Yecheles too. I would say Yecheles would be the highest even before Or. You could say either way. You could say Er is Yecheles. No, you don't. Because there's no wiring there. It's absolutely not understand. The wiring starts later. Because it's important to, uh, for us to be able to connect it. Why? Maybe well, connecting well, means. Connecting. Is, is the well, f- well, first unwire yourself, and then, <laughs> you, <laughs> then you can connect, and then you'll wire, rewire. <laughs> um, 
We said God's not on the couch. We are. There's, look, to be precise, you have to go back to the chapter we talked about Yechelis. We spoke in LK Elam what Yechelis is. So there, I, I, I want to be precise. If you want to be precise, you must go back to that chapter. What chapter was that? I forgot. Yeah, 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 yeah. But basically, he said there's Atmos. There's the Chelus Air was, I think, in that same category. The Chelus was Atmos as Beira. Elkeilam was Atmos. Chelus. That was the Chelus Air. It is It's the Chelus for Air, and then there's Air. That's usually how it works. The Chelus for Air. God's ability to give off Air. Then there's Air. Air, I think, was he called was Barachamach Arabim, right? Right, was Ayr. Then came Rachem Aleinu was the Rotson. Then came uh, Deinu Zenu was the Shir Atzmei Bekeach. That's the Sfera Sagnosis. So here, this level we're talking is probably either Rotson before that's the Sfera Sagnosis or the level before Rotson even Ayr. I have to go back to Nasei to be precise. I want to look at it. I don't want to because he said there. I think he spoke. Like, I think there's there's a, there's a few levels Atzmei. But regardless, it's one of those levels that's clearly beyond. So essentially, he's really, really he's beginning to answer the question. He says, how could there be spheres in the Gulim? You know what? How could there be spheres in, uh, in, in, in the Vnei Tzimtzum? Even more than the Gulim. They're not even the Gulim yet. Remember, he spoke Igulim. The reason transcendence is transcendent and remains beyond structure is because it's rooted in Arian Sef Abligvul that's higher. And even there, there's spheres. So the question is, what does spheres mean there? It really, the real question, put it in one sentence, what does structure look like in the world before there was structure? That's the question. What does it look like there? That's what we're. That's what. That's our presenting dilemma. It's a pretty good question, huh? Something to think about. What does structure? What does structure look like in the world before there was structure? Upper world structure. Upper world. Structure of existence. Of existence. Existence is structure. Right. What does the structure of existence? Look like before there is structure. Yeah. Notice what do the spheres look like in the state of Pshittas before there is a. Okay, let's stop here. I did the beginning of this course 22, beginning of chapter 83, top of page 159.